praise the name of our Lord Jesus. Can you just go ahead in one minute, talk to the Lord and say, Father, draw me deeper. Go ahead and talk to God. Say, Lord Jesus, draw me deeper. Draw me deeper, Jesus. Ele prakato shapene katala braga de 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 bela kadosh kapana katanya. Esu ketele breketele kepatikato so breketele katabala katosh katanya. Draw me deeper, Lord Jesus. Deeper, Lord Jesus. Into your word, Lord Jesus. Oh, shake it till the bragados kapalakata. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, we pray. Luke chapter 8, and verse 1 to 3. Can we all read from the New Living Translation? Thank you very much, choir. Luke chapter 8, from verse 1 to 3. From New Living Translation, oh, beautiful. New Living Translation, so I'll read one, we'll read two on our seat. On our seat, I'll read one, we'll read two. New Living Translation. Soon afterwards, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him. And then we read verse 3 together. It says, Johanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Hallelujah. Can we read 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 to 6? 2 Corinthians chapter 8, from verse 1 to 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, from verse 1 to 6. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it of their own free will. Verse, verse 4. And verse 5. They even did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. Verse 6. Amen. To encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Amen. Our topic this morning is giving unto kingdom mandate. Amen. Say giving unto kingdom mandate. So we understand that this month we are learning about kingdom mandate. And then today we want to learn about giving unto kingdom mandate. Amen. What is the mandate of God for us? The mandate of God is an official order or commission to do something. So um, a, an official order or command to do a particular thing. That is mandate. Amen. And then mandate represents authority 
everywhere that anybody has a mandate to do a thing, they have the authority of God to do that thing. Hallelujah. So kingdom mandate then would mean that, you know, kingdom mandate simply means kingdom, then mandate, right? So when we say kingdom, we simply means that a king that is having a dominion in a particular place, is that correct? And then we have mandates, and then if you put them together, it says an authoritative order from the king. Amen. An authoritative order from the king. So what is the authoritative order from the king? That is where our team text is taken from, from Matthew chapter 28, from verse 18 to 20. The way he explains that we should go here therefore and preach to the gospel to all men, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. He explains to us. So Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, this is the kingdom mandate. So now, how do we want to give to achieve this kingdom mandate? How do we want to give to achieve this kingdom mandate? Now, number one, he explains to us in Luke chapter 8, Luke chapter number 8 from verse 1, he explains to us how that there is a woman, there are women there. Now, this explains to us, if we read from verse 1, he explains to us how that Jesus himself, he says he was preaching from the gospel from town to town about the kingdom of God. He went with his 12 disciples, but something was very important in verse 2. It says, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Amen. Who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. That is that... Um, these were not just men who, these are not just women who um, had been with Jesus for a long time. Amen. They were women who Jesus had, had to heal of a particular disease. Amen. So, first for instance, these are women who probably Jesus was preaching along the road and they saw him preaching and then they had one disease or the other and then they came to Jesus. So, that is, these are not women who practically have accepted Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior right from the beginning. Amen. So, they are not people who had giving their life to Christ right from the beginning. They are not like us. They are not like you. They are not like me. Amen. But then they were healed by Jesus at one point or the other. But something was evident in their life. In verse 3, in verse 3 something was evident in their life. He says that, he, you know, he described all of them. Now, amongst all of them, which I want us to take note of, is Herod's business manager, Susanna. Amen. Herod's business manager. I'm sure we all remember who Herod was. Amen. Herod was not a good man. But then one of the people that Jesus had to save was Herod's business manager, Susanna. Amen. Lord, we save you this morning in the name of Jesus. He says, the Lord had to save Herod's business manager and many others. Now, what happened to them? They were all contributing their resources to support Jesus and his disciples. They were all contributing their resources to support Jesus and his disciples that is they said to themselves even though we cannot go ahead to preach the gospel even though we don't really know the word of god as much as this man jesus do even though we don't know the pentateuch, watch even though we don't know all of these things but we can do one thing we can contribute our money to support the work of god amen i'm sure many of us we have had histories where um, we have a uh, missionaries now missed we have um, people who tend to go hard for the we have the evangelism team you most probably cannot even come early to join them. You're not even able to, it may be in your own little way, you preach the gospel, but you know deep down that you're not able to do these things that the, that the gospel requires of us. Hallelujah. 
But the Bible says that right from the first day, they did what? They contributed their resources to what? To Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Tell yourself, say, I will contribute my resources. I will contribute my resources. How many of us are making that call this morning? I will contribute my resources. Now, don't just lift your hands, but say to yourself, truly, truly of a truth, I would contribute my resources to give to the gospel. Amen. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 8, and from verse 1, he explains to us, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. Now, the Macedonian churches include the Berian Christians that we have always been told. Amen. Now, the Berian Christians are also part of the Macedonian church. No, many others are also part of the Macedonian church. But one thing that Paul knew of the Macedonian church is that they were a group of people who would not stop but give to the gospel. Amen. Paul could boast of them anytime, any day that these ones, they will give to the gospel. Hallelujah. Can your pastor boast of you that you give to the gospel? Amen. Amen. From verse 2, he says that they have been tested by many troubles. They, have very, they are very poor. Now, this is where I want us to look at. They are being tested by many troubles. They are very poor. They are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which had overflow in rich generosity. Now, what does that tell us? That tells us that the Macedonian churches, they had a lot of problems, just like we have problems in the Nigerian church. They have problems. They were tested by many problems here and there. It could either be um, government policies, it could either be um, financial crisis, it could either be inflation. They had troubles left and right. Amen. So the Nigerian, you know, church, what we are currently going through now is not an excuse for us not to give to the work of God. It says they have been tested by many troubles. And guess one thing, it says they are very poor. They are very, very poor. That is what you call true. In fact, many of them even struggle to even eat three square meals. Hallelujah. Many of them struggle to do what? To eat three square meals. They are very, very poor. So for the Bible to describe somebody as very poor, you can tell that they are poor. Amen. They are very poor. But the Bible says that what? They are also filled with abundant joy. Where what? Which has overflowed in rich generosity. That is, they gave their resources so much that they were joyful doing it. Amen. Giving to people who had nothing, even when they themselves had nothing, they had joy doing it. Hallelujah. So when somebody makes a call and says, we are going for evangelism, the church is planting a church in... Um, in don't let me give a name <laughs> so that um, Sister Femi will not be transferred to that place. <laughs> Amen. So maybe Jamaica, right? Or um, like somebody said, there's Jamaica in Nigeria. So Jamaica, Nigeria. <laughs> Amen. So they are planting a church in um, Ogombo area, they are planting a church in Taraba State, they are planting a church somewhere. And then Revolver says, I need somebody who would be going over there and then we all need to give our resources 
and then Reverend Wadipe brings the offering box, he holds it, and then he counts, and at the end of the day, he counts um, maybe 2005. Amen. Says, they did it of their own free will. They gave not only what they could have, verse 3, verse 3 says, for I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more than what they could afford. Are we learning something this morning? Far more than what they could afford, they gave. And they did it of their own free will. They did not need somebody to begin to tell them, if you give, the Lord will bless you. They didn't need any, any form of preaching. Amen. They did not need any form of encouragement. Amen. They did not need somebody to engineer them to give. Hallelujah. Many of us, before we give our two couple, pastor has to pray and tell us how God will bless us, how God will restore us, how God will increase us, before we begin to sing, ah, so that I can be a part of that. The reason why you are giving is not because of the cost. You are giving because so that you can be a part of the blessing that the pastor is releasing. Amen. You are giving so that you can be a part of the blessing. It's not really because of what you, what you, what you really want to give. It's not really because of the 1,000 you want to give. You are giving that 1,000 because pastor says, if you sow this seed for people who are going into um, Bono State, the Lord God will increase you. I say, Amen. And I are coming to drop it. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go to verse 5. It says, they even did more than we had hoped. They did more than what we had hoped. That is, the apostles weren't even expecting as much as they got from the, from the people. Because they knew that what? They were poor. So for their first action was to give themselves. Which is one of the things I want us to note. Their first action was to give themselves. They gave themselves first. That is, you give yourself as an offering to God first before your offering. You are not going to elevate your offering than yourself. God is interested in you first before your offering. Amen. I'm sure we hear this every time when we want to give our tithes. But it's expedient that we hear this even now. Their first action was to give themselves first. So after they had given themselves, then they what? And to give to the then they give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. There was a pattern that God wanted. So every time you are giving to missions, every time that you are giving to kingdom mandate, you are, not, you are not really peculiar about your offerings first. You are peculiar about yourself first. It has to be you being received by God first, then your offering. Hallelujah. Praise God. Is somebody learning something this morning? And verse 6. So we have urged Titus who encourage your giving in the first place to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. 
we urge Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you to do what? To finish this ministry of giving. So God has, you know, brought me as somebody this morning to remind you. Amen. Am I reminding us that we should finish this ministry of giving? You have been giving to the gospel before now. Give more. Amen. You have been giving to the gospel before today. Give more. You don't need pastor's um, offering. You don't need pastor's encouragement. Give more. Give more. Give more. Tell the person beside you, give more. Tell the person beside you, give more. Amen. Before we go into the lessons that we have for today, can we go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9? 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We are going through each verses together. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm just going to read from verse 1 to 6 as well. The very first time I, I read this scripture, I was encouraged in my spirit. It says, I really don't need to write to you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem. Verse 2. For I know how eager you are to help and I have the boasting of the churches in Macedonia. It is repeating Macedonia again. As if it is only the Macedonians that knew how to give. <laughs> Amen. Paul, was, see, Paul wasn't so proud about many churches as he was proud of the Macedonians. Amen. He was very proud of them when it, came, when it, when it comes to the ministry of giving. That the kind of people that you know, Paul would celebrate when it comes to giving and when it comes to um, studying the word to be sure that what the minister is preaching is correct. Amen. Liberian Christians were people who every, every time when they come to church like this and then the pastor is preaching, they are writing down. The pastor is preaching, they are writing down. And then what happens is that after the service ends, you know, many of us, we write. How many of us, when we get home, we go back to what we have written? Very few of us. But many of us write. Is that not correct? If you have your daughter in the house, just raise your hand. Many of us, we write in church. We write in church. But the burial Christians were people who, when they get back to their houses, the things that they jotted during service, they will go back to it to check. As they are checking and they are assimilating, they are also checking as well. Is there error in it? Did he, did he even tell us what was, what was written in the scriptures? So anyone that he said that was not written in the scriptures, what happens? They delete it from their head. They will not go to fight the pastor the next day. They will not come to fight everyone to say what you said yesterday is not in the scripture. What they will just simply do is delete it from their head. So that next week we will not fight regularly. <laughs> Amen. What we simply do is when they check the scriptures, they confirm as a barren church. And they find, oh, this one that this man of God said is not in the scripture. It, no, that way it was very difficult for you to confuse the barren Christians. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. In fact, you cannot just be a half-cooked preacher. You come on the altar and then you preach to the barren Christians. When you, when you come back next week, they will not even practice what you told them last week. 
Why? Because it was not as it was written in the scriptures. It was very, so many of us, we go ahead to follow certain principles that were not documented in the scriptures. There are certain things that, there are certain things that we have learned from the altar, but you know, they were not as it was written in the scriptures, but we took it in, we digested it, and that became our lifestyle. Amen. Somebody says, um, put salt and put it inside water, and then when you mix it together, you pray um, something three, seven times, and then when you do that, you want can't do and put it on it, and then you just and then you lift it up, and then after you, and then everything, you just say, Jesus' name, we pray, and then you point on your body, and then you are taking your bait, and then you have fulfilled the law of Moses. Amen. Is there any place that is written in the scriptures? Amen. I have to, I have to rush that because I don't want you to hear that too well. Is there, is there any place that is in scriptures where you have to take the candle and take the water and then mix it? And... Many of these sermons come from the come from the pulpit, and then when we get to our houses, we have to do what we do it. We practicalize it. Amen. Amen. Tell the person beside you, say, "Be like the Berean Church." check and study the things that you hear from the altar every time that somebody preaches from the altar we are not saying what the person has said is wrong but we are saying that what go back home sit down and study it amen every of the points that have been listed for us in the scripture let's go ahead to sit down and check them check them Check them so that we will not be swayed by doctrines that are not in the scripture. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Where did we stop? And verse 3 and verse 2 says, For I know how eager you are to help, and I have been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you in Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin to give. Verse 3. But I am sending these brothers to be sure you are really ready. Amen. To be sure you are really what? You are ready. <laughs> Amen. As I've been telling them, and that your money is all collected, I don't want to be wrong in my boasting about you. Amen. I have boasted about tobacco church many times outside. Amen. And then when they come to our church to raise offering, let it not be that, ah, uh, that guy, that church, he did not boast well. You know, our reverend can stand in meetings. Why? Because he can tell that truly my church will support me. So he's sending somebody ahead to tell you, ah, please, oh, please. Please, this money, this money that I've boasted to them about, that you, I will collect from you. Amen. Let it, let it be read you. Amen. Amen. We will, not, we will be embarrassed not to mention your own embarrassment. If some Macedonian believers came with me and found out that you weren't ready, after all I had told them. And verse 5. So I thought I should send these brothers ahead of me to make sure the gift you promised is ready. But I want it to be a willing gift, 
not one given grudgingly. And verse 6, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds, we get a small crop. But the one who plants generously, we get what? Generously. Now, the principle of giving that Paul, you know, was teaching the people here is different from what we all know. What we know is that if I sow two naira, I will collect um, 200 naira. Amen. Amen. So many of us, when you are giving to God, you give to God with the hope of, I don't want too much. So let me just give God 2,000 naira. 2,000 times 100 is how much? 200,000. Okay, let me just give us 2,000 naira and let me see whether God will give me 200,000. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So when you are giving to God, you must put it in your mind that he may, he, he may not give me equals to what I gave him. I may sow 200 naira and then he gives me long life in return. Are we following? I may sow my money and then he gives me increase in my business in return. It may not be money. Everything is not money. While some people will come back to share testimonies that while we gave our open heaven seed, God increased us in terms of cash. Some people may come back to give to, some people may not even be able to share any testimony. Why? Because they didn't know that God gave them back good health that they didn't have all the while. Amen. So, it could be that you didn't have good health. Maybe your family was not enjoying good health. But that which you sowed, God gave you good health back. But because God did not give you times 100 of what you gave, then you begin to tell yourself, ah, I just gave my money. That money has gone. Amen. Is somebody learning something this morning? Hallelujah. I said giving unto kingdom mandate. When you give, giving requires an undivided heart. It requires an undivided heart. It requires an undivided heart. Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 10. Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 10. Give generously. Give generously. Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 10. Verse 10. It says, Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything that you do. Note the word everything. What? Everything. It is not in money alone. Everything. For the Lord your God will bless you in everything that you do. Amen. God will bless you in everything. So, many times we do not even need many prayers and many declarations if we obey the scriptures well. Give generously and then what? It will give you everything that you need. Amen. Another reason why we would give God our offering is because 
Giving unto God reflects God's grace. Giving unto God reflects God's grace. Giving unto God reflects God's grace. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 3. Second Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 3. For I testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, but they did it of their own free will. That is, they gave not only what they could afford, what it was by their own strength. Amen. What it was, but they did not give according just to their strength anyone. But they gave everything according as what? Of their own free will. Now, let me explain something here. If all that my family has is 10,000 naira, and all that I can give out of free will is 10 naira, it is better to give that 10 naira than to give 10,000 naira out of, that is not of your own free will. Amen. Amen. Did we get it? They gave far more, but they did it out of what? Out of their own free will. So they could decide that it's 10,000 I have, but I'll give 15,000 error. But I'll first drop this 10,000 that I have first. As I walk, enter 5,000 and I'll come. I will add to it. They gave it out of their own free will. If they said to themselves, I will give five naira from this 10,000 error, they gave it out of their own free will. If they said to themselves, I will give five cobble, they gave it out of their own free will. If they said to themselves, I will just dance to the front and dance and dance and go back to my seat, they gave it out of their own free will. God honors this much more than you giving that is not out of your own free will. God loves this much more than you giving grudgingly. Amen. And lastly, lastly, giving requires total and ongoing submission. Total and ongoing submission. I use the word total and I use the word ongoing. Your submission is not just once. Your submission is continuous. Total and ongoing submission. Luke chapter 21 and verse 1 to 4. Luke chapter 21 and verse 1 to 4. Luke chapter 21 and verse 1 to 4. Luke 21 and verse 1 to 4. While Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. And verse 3, I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of the people. Now, let me explain something there. It didn't mean that the rich people has not given as well. You know, many times we emphasize on the widow who gave much more. It did not mean that the, the rich as well didn't give. It did not mean that Jesus himself did not honor the rich that also gave. But he's saying that 
the people, the person who had nothing, but gave that one she had out of free will, says, uh uh, says, I, I honor that which she has given. Now, that place is not explaining proportion. Amen. It's not explaining proportion. It's not explaining that um, if that woman had given 80% um, of what she had, it means the rich person must also, should also give 80% of what he had. It was not explaining proportion. Amen. It was only explaining that out of the little that she had, she gave it all, free will. Amen. And verse 4, for they had given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything that she has. For they have given tiny part of their surplus, but she, every, you know, she gave, but has given everything that she has. It is not, what she gave is not everything, right? But see everything she gave. Let's go back to verse 3. Let's go back to verse 3. Verse 2. Came by and dropped in two small coins. The Bible did not state that that was all she had. I know that the Bible scholars shaking their head. <laughs> but I'm answering you from the altar now. The Bible did not state that was all she had. But the Bible explained to us that she was poor. And she was a widow. But the Bible did not tell us that was all that she had. I know that when I live here, I will still go and do Bible study. Amen. The Bible did not state that was all that she had. The Bible only stated that she was a poor widow and that's what? She dropped two coins. Now, she has given everything that she has because she gave that two coins that she had. You know, let's say for instance, the woman with the alabaster box. All she had was oil. She didn't have money, but she had oil. Amen. The, there are other people who had money. There are other people who had money. But this woman did not have money, but she had oil. And she thought about it. I don't have money, but I have oil. And this oil is expensive. What can I do? I will pour this oil at his feet. Use my hair, very expensive one, to clean it. So what is that thing that you have? Amen. What is that thing that you have? You might say, I don't have all what, the, what, the, what the pastor is asking for now. I don't have it. But I have this one. Then you reach the pastor and you say, oh, sir, can I give this? This is what I have. I don't have this one, but I have this one. That is, the fact that the woman with the alabaster box did not have money, she thought of the fact that I have a oil. I have oil and I can use that oil to what? to beautify this person this takes me to talking about you taking care of your pastors 
I do not have money to give to my pastor. But I have this oil I can give to him. Amen. I do not have this money to give to him. But I have this small thing I can give to him. It's not because he is begging. Jesus wasn't begging for our oil. See, there was no time Jesus begged for anybody's money. Amen. Even when Jesus needed money and there was no money, what did he say? He said, go to the fish mouth. You will find money there. That is, for every time Jesus needed money, he knew how he could find money. So Jesus wasn't begging for anybody's funds. Amen. Say, if I don't give to the pastor, pastor will know it. It's a lie. Amen. If I don't give, if I don't buy another car for the pastor, that's the car he will continue to drive. It's a lie. The day, the day God wants to change his car, he will change it. He doesn't even need you. He doesn't need you. But you can allow yourself to be used by God for it. Is that correct? I can. Can you just go ahead and pray in the spirit for one minute? Say, Lord God of heaven, help me. Lord God of heaven, help me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask, oh God, that you will give me the heart that gives to the kingdom. You will give me the heart that gives. You will give me the heart that gives in the name of Jesus. You will give me a heart that gives. You will give me a heart that gives in the mighty name of Jesus. You will give me a heart that gives in the mighty name of Jesus. You give me a heart that gives. You will give me a heart that gives. Just go ahead, just on your seats, just whisper to God. Whisper to God and say, Father, give me a heart that gives. When favor comes and then favor brings blessings upon you, then what do you want to do with this blessing? 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6 says that what? He said that the Lord will replenish. He said the Lord gives us many more seeds for sowing. It's my whole heart. 
the expression of your grace let my whole heart be expression of your grace man nakato shabana katalabaya the expression of your grace. Let my whole life be expression of your grace. Any other sotini gede manakatosha. Often as I breathe, let my whole heart be expression of your grace. Manatena Masuna Nataba, Dinias I leave. as I breathe, let my whole life be expressions of your Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. He says, And God will generously provide all you need. Second Corinthians 9 and verse 8 says, And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. The reason why God is giving you is so that you can share with others. So God is not giving you so that you will eat it alone. God is not giving you so that you will dine alone. He is giving you so that you will share with others. Say, declare, say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Says, give me a heart that is able to give to the kingdom mandate. Give me a heart that is able to give. Open your mouth and say, Father, give me a heart that is able to give. In the name of Jesus. A heart that can give. Right on your back. Take the blackatoshka blackatalaba. We cry Abba Father. We cry Abba Father. Hallowed be. Can we be upstanding, please? Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. We cry Abba Father. We cry Abba Father. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be. Can we begin to ask God to bless the mouthpiece of the Lord for us this morning? Ask God to pour water, water of miracle, water of healing, water of favor upon his life. That in the mighty name of Jesus, he will not lack any good thing. He will not lack the joy of the Holy Spirit. He will not lack favor in the mighty name of Jesus. The peace of God that passes all understanding shall continue to be his portion. In the mighty name of Jesus, ask God to water his life as he has watered us. That he will not, he will not be missing in the kingdom. He will not be a castaway in the kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you everlasting Father. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Father, we thank you. For this, your servant whom you have used as your mouthpiece to bless us this morning. Father, please bless him in return. Let your name be glorified in his life. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. 
Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hallelujah. Hold on. Hallelujah. Blessed is that man who can give what he has in order 